Welcome to The Open Door. This is a podcast of the Nazarene Collective as we go on a 21-day journey of prayer and fasting. In all 21 episodes, we hope to encourage you along the way with thoughts, reflections, stories, and intentional prayers the tribe will be praying together. So whether this is the first thing you do in the morning, just part of your commute to work, a few moments on your lunch break, or how you choose to end your day, we invite you to slow down, reflect, pray, and be present with open hearts that anticipate discovering God's open doors. Well, welcome back to day 17, and my name is Keith. If you haven't been hanging out with us much yet, I want to take a moment and just remind you of the scripture that's been our theme for this entire uh, 21 days of walking out prayer and fasting. It comes out of Colossians chapter 4. Uh, Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful, and pray for us too that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ. Well, today we're going to be talking about some open doors, and in particular, uh, it's it's a special day for me because I've got somebody who I think is pretty awesome in the studio with us. Sandy Sandy Mangle is hanging out with us today, and Sandy is dear friend, and uh, I will tell you this, uh, Sandy and Dave, who are a part of VNC, they... We had been at VNC for 10 years, and then I went away for five years, and I didn't, I, Crystal went with me, my wife and my children, <laughs> but we went and pastored a church over in eastern Indiana, and when we came back, I had never met Dave and Sandy before, but I do believe you guys were instrumental in part of our journey coming back, and um, man, I, I would not trade that for the world, so Sandy, it is so good to have you with us. We didn't allow Dave to come because we weren't... <laughs> We, he can get out of control, so we didn't want to go too it's a far. True story. That is a true story. Well, Sandy, um, we met each other when we came back and just began. Well, I got to know because you were new to me and we were new to you, and began those conversations. We did something called the Kingdom Experience together, and uh, her and Dave. Well, there's a group of tw- twelve of us that went on a journey for nine months, and I think life changing for all of us. And uh, along the way, I can just tell you that Sandy is the real deal, and that just watching her own faith journey unfold has been so good for me. But that's enough of me talking about Sandy. I'll let Sandy talk about Sandy. And just, uh, Sandy, how long have you guys been at VNC? Uh, Tell us a little bit about your family and just some of the different ways maybe that you serve here at the Valparaiso campus. Well, Dave and I started coming here when we got got married because I lived and grew up in Hammond, and that's where, and he plucked me out of Lake County and brought me to Valparaiso. Hmm. Um, I had visited a few times prior to that because he had been coming with his daughter, and then we we became members here, so we've been here over 12 years, so it's it's been an experience. How have you served? Because you've served in a couple different capacities here. Uh, yeah, I've been greeter, and we both were ushers as far as, you know, and the first impressions team. Um, I think I taught a Sunday school class. Yes, you did. I did. Um, I think you made me do that. That, that That's very true. (laughs) But um, yeah, we've been part of the kingdom experience, which was life altering for us, which was um, back in 2018, which started this whole 2018. I looked it up before I came. Yep. Um, As we, okay, we've mentioned that a few times. Kingdom experience was a, it was a nine-month pilgrimage that a group of us went on together where we were meeting together twice a week um, and just not only 
digging deeper into our own faith, but doing it together, which I'm pretty sure is biblical. So it felt pretty uh, awesome to go on that journey together. And I, I, and we, we also took a few trips together, uh, whether that was um, hanging out with homeless people in Toronto, Canada, or just going away on retreats and just experiencing solitude in a unique way together. It, it, it truly was something that I think uh, is a bond that all of us who were a part of it share that's sometimes hard to express um, because of its uniqueness. But I agree part of coming out of all of that kingdom experience and just your own spiritual walk was God beginning to lay some things on your heart of unique, I, w- I would say unique ministries to, to do in the lives of people that I think, uh, well, some people forget about. So why don't, why don't you, without me giving too much of it away, why don't you tell us about that, that sense of calling that you had in walking with people um, at a unique stage of life? Um, well, I think it started uh, back, really, um, back in 2013 when a friend of mine was dying. He lived in Indianapolis. His name was Kevin. He was a dear friend of mine, and all of his family had passed away. We had some cousins up here, and we were traveling back and forth to Indy um, to visit him. And the hospital there in, in Indianapolis asked us if we wanted um, this thing called NOTA, which meant um, no one dies alone. Mm. And to so, what happens is somebody comes and sits with that person who doesn't have family, and they will stay there when the family can't or to give a family a break so they can go home and rest or something to that effect. And they asked us if Kevin, if we would like that, and we said yes. So um, a note a person was with Kevin when he passed away, and that was back again in 2013. But um, it always struck me, um, even then, that this was something that um, I felt pulled toward. And But I never did anything about it. I did look it up here to see if there was anything in this area, and there wasn't at that time. And then we went to the Kingdom Experience, and you... And well, as a group, we were encouraged to um, bring God's kingdom here on earth and to what that looked like and how to walk that out. And and when it was over, I think, what are we going to do with what we've learned here? Mm. And that was, that was one of the things that I really wanted to work on is to bring NOTA to Northwest Indiana. And so you, you took the steps to make that happen. Everything starts coming together really, really well. Mm-hmm. And then COVID came. Yeah. I actually was a volunteer. The only place that offered NOTA was in Bolingbrook, Illinois. So I went to Bolingbrook, took the classes, became a NOTA volunteer, um, sat with people while they were dying, um, played music, talked mm-hmm. to them, read devotions, read the Bible to them. It was it was amazing experience. I, I was never with anybody when they passed, but I was I did, you know, they do our increments to where you can sit with somebody. So when I brought it here, um, I did that to for training and then brought it here and talked to Eric about, you know, if the church would help with that. Mm-hmm. And they were all for it, hundred percent. I even got to the point where I um, went to Porter Memorial. Whatever, it's whatever it now. is now, <laughs> yeah. But um, and they were all for it too. Mm. And then COVID hit, and everything was stopped, which was silly because that's when people really probably needed it the most. Oh yeah, yeah. 
and in such isolation and yes. oh mercy I, yes i'm that's almost frustrating to that degree that they would not allow that to take place so did it feel like did it feel like the door had closed or was it just a sense of you got to wait um i felt like it was closed or at least until the unseeable future. I mean, mm -hmm. COVID's still with us now. Mm -hmm. They still have restrictions in the hospital. Um, I don't know if, I don't know when or if it'll ever be able to come back. I've, I've even been thinking that maybe doing it on a smaller scale, maybe at the hospice center, give families mm -hmm. a rest there. You know, I've talked to a few people about that, kind of opening that door maybe again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, out of all this came uh, the opportunity, though, to have a new door open where yes. God opened an opportunity within grief share. Uh, how did, how did all that take place? How did, how did God nudge you in that direction? Well, Jill Rhoda, who is um, the lead facilitator in that right now, she had um, a corner, the ministry corner, and she was sitting there. And I just went over to talk to her to see how she was doing. Her husband had passed away and I had known her from um, um, a different time. You know, mm -hmm. we were friends and just wanted to check with her to see how she was doing. And she started telling me about Grief Share. It's like, oh, what are you doing? Because Dave's off talking somewhere to somebody. Dave's always yeah, off Dave talking is. somewhere to <laughs> So uh, we were just, and then he had to wait for me a few minutes because I was very interested in Grief mm. Share. So she had me shadow her, um, come, we're getting ready to start, come and see. And which was perfect timing because I had just lost my brother mm. and I thought it would be, good to go either way if I became a facilitator or not. And I, it's hard to f say that you fell in love with something like that, but that ministry really um, touched my heart. So help everybody understand a little bit. What, what is grief share? What, what is uh, the purpose sounds obvious in the name, but can you maybe give it a little better description of what takes place? Yeah, it's a, 13-week sessions, there's different sessions. Um, we meet every week in person now. We do have an online also, you know, um, a Zoom one that Jill facilitates right now. But what it is is that people come together, they watch a, a video, maybe half an hour or so, and we talk about um, what they're walking through. They're going through grief. There's several different incidences. It doesn't matter if it's, there's widows. We've had people that lost children, parents, um, siblings, grandparents. You know, it's, it's just been, um, it's just helping them see that God is the way to do it. It's all biblically based. Um, one of the things they say in there is that, um, Time doesn't heal all wounds, God does. Mm. And it's going from mourning to joy. Mm. So in that 13 weeks, I can tell you, I've witnessed people that have been come in and just been in tears and not even be able to talk during the session. And now, not that this happens all the time, there's still a roller coaster ride of things that you're going through, but it's amazing to see um, just their progress from the day they start to when the 13 weeks are over. And you can come back multiple times, hmm. but it's just um, to watch them grow from that brokenness and just to see that there is hope at the end of the road. Do you have, of those people making 
that journey from the morning to the joy, do you have a particular story of where you just saw God doing something beautiful and bringing something good out of what could be, well, so bad? Um, yes, I have seen um, several different things. I know that one person, and we don't talk about people's names, right, right, obviously, right. but um, one lady went and she went on, it was the anniversary of um, her husband's passing, hmm. and she went away and she came back and she called me and she said, I'm probably not going to come back because I am in a really good spot right now with God. Hmm. And I, it was like a retreat for her. And she, and she wants to bring this to where she lives. She doesn't mm. live in, in Valparaiso, so, and they don't have one in her church, so she wants to bring it there. So I think that you know, spreading it out even is even better. But I had one person who, I, who was so broken. Her, her um, husband had died very recently, I mean, probably within the month of her coming in, mm. which is very raw. Mm-hmm. But she did the, the whole 13 weeks and then came, even came back again but um, she was at night to shine this last time, and she to help volunteer. Um, she went to a place um, where her and her husband used to go to, which she never thought she would ever be able to do again. Mm. Um, she's I I asked her if I could tell you know a little mm-hmm. bit about her story, and she she said, "Oh, I it would I would feel like a hypocrite because I had such a bad day today." And you find out that that's all normal. Yeah. Any if you're angry or if you're sad or if you're crying, any of that, it's you're it's normal to feel all of those things. But um, I think that's one of the biggest things is finding out that you're not really going crazy, that you, that this is a normal journey and you can work your way through it. And that's all we're trying to do is help people find their way through the, all the storm and that there are, is sunshine, you know, God's light at the end of that tunnel. So you have, you've had this opportunity to be a part of their stories and see God at work. Tell us what God is doing in your life as you have stepped into this role and serve in this way? How are, how are you growing in your faith in the midst of leading others through grief? Um, I think the first thing I learned is that it's much harder to sit with the people that are living than it was sitting with the people that were dying, mm. you know, from grief, from NOTA to grief share, because the people that are dying are ultimately finding their peace, mm. you know, but the people that are left are, um, it's, it's much more, I sh- shouldn't say challenging, but it is more challenging and finding um, different ways to find those um, connections, those friendships, relationships, how you relate. Because I've dealt with death, my, I feel like my whole life, and I feel like this is God bringing um, beauty from those ashes. Because, you know, there's so much brokenness in the world, and if I could take any of those experiences and and help somebody else, it's just, I just feel like it wasn't a waste. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I am confident that anyone who has been with you in one of those groups is more fortunate that you were in that group than they may realize. And I'm just thankful that they get an opportunity to spend that time with you even in their grief, even in their pain, uh, to walk that with you is, uh, is got to work. And uh, man, I just believe in, 
I believe in you, obviously, and I believe in what Grief Share does. If you have any interest or questions about Grief Share, you can, of course, contact the church, and we would be happy to help you in that way. And uh, there are just opportunities to get um, plugged in, sounds like an odd thing to say, but you can participate in this unique ministry. And just today, if you're listening and you're feeling like you're alone in your grief, you don't have to be. Let someone else come alongside of you, someone like Sandy and someone like an, uh, others who are awesome part of the group of Grief Share. Well, I have thoroughly enjoyed getting to spend this time with Sandy. Like I said at the beginning, and I stick with it, uh, she's the real deal, and her faith journey has impacted mine, and I hope today it has impacted yours as well. Stick with us over the next few days. You guys have been doing awesome. Hopefully, you're sticking with that prayer time and then you're fasting. And uh, we've got a few more days of this. So go on the journey with us. Thanks for joining us today on the Open Door Podcast. <laughs>